0: Welcome to the Macabre Family Podcast, the original Macabre Family Podcast. I'm your host Stephanie here today in studio with my lovely co-host for this episode, McKay! Today we will be chatting about Lake Lanier. I'm sure you're thinking, Stephanie, this is a podcast about Macabre stuff. I said True that crime, actually. Did you paranormal, mm-hmm. cryptids, and all the of spooky, gruesome? How could a lake fall into that category? Oh boy, do we have a lot for you. <laughs> Yay. This lake literally contains all those categories and more. So strap in, you got a seatbelt? Quick
1: click. No, should I have a seatbelt? <laughs> um I need a seatbelt.
0: Strap in, we're gonna go for a ride. Ready? Yeah. Do you know anything about the lake?
1: Um I was the same when I asked why are we doing a lake? Um <laughs> that is spooky and that's it. Okay. Oh, and there's a lot of deaths there.
0: Yes. Yeah, and it got we... like
1: flooded, didn't it?
0: Well. You want to learn about it i guess we're doing yeah. a history podcast so.
1: <laughs> oh yeah not more school uh-huh. before we
0: hop into it i want to name my sources we have frosty southerngothicmedia.com, gwinnettcitizen.com, southern gothicmedia.com gwynette citizen.com that would be g-w-i-n-n-e-t-t-citizen.com and wsbtv.com. I also watched a couple of YouTube videos where they were diving in the lake. That's what we were watching yesterday. Uh,
1: that's when I asked, why are we doing a lake? It doesn't. It looks
0: like a normal
1: lake in it. It
0: looks normal, but it's not. That's scary. So we're talking about the haunted, possibly cursed Lake Lanier. Ooh,
1: cursed. Curses are cool.
0: Before we get into all of that, let us talk about how Lake Lanier came about. Before we get into that, I want to apologize to everyone because I am super sick, super stuffed up. So
1: I accept your apology.
0: Oh, am glad you accept it.
1: <laughs> I don't know about everybody else.
0: Oh, no, They're going to have to. Yeah. So Lake Lanier is not a mother natured made lake. So mother nature. Man didn't... made. They dug it out. Oh, they didn't dig it out. It's a man made lake. And I think that has a lot to do with like the lore of the lake.
1: So wait, they didn't dig it out? No. How is it a man made lake? Oh, they... they flooded it and then the corrosion.
0: There you go. Well, not corrosion, but... The government didn't just take a bunch of empty land and build it where this is going to be built is where loads of people were living the u.s army corps of engineers built lake sydney lanier in the 1950s in conjunction with the Buford dam this project was part of a bigger mission all across the united states directly after world war ii it was to develop nations waterways Before they even broke ground on the dam, this project was marked with issues and problems. The funding of the project caused work to start and stop on multiple occasions. Can I
1: guess problems real quick? Sure. It was either haunted, people kept getting killed, injured, or hurt. No. Dang. (laughs) I was really going to get
0: that. Uh, The towns and state that use the Chattahoochee Flint River Basin in the Alabama, Coosa, Talape, Pusa River Basin.
1: <laughs> I sounds like Chalapucha poop.
0: Yeah, that's it's a tough. lot. Yeah. Which was Florida, Alabama, Georgia, all far <laughs> fought about the flow requirements, consumption caps, and about how the water should be used. Also, they even they fought about what it should be used for: water supply, hydroelectricity, electricity, and even uh-huh. recreational use. That's all
1: right. The hydroelectricity means you can make electricity without having to. Pay as much
0: money. All of this fighting and arguing about what was going to be for even, was happening even before they started buying land to put this on. Also, the federal government had a lot of things in place to make sure this was not going to affect the wildlife and endangered species around the Chattahoochee River. Good for them. Well, they couldn't even decide on a name. And when they broke ground on March 1st, 1950, they still didn't have a name. Bad for them right? Ew. They finally decided to name it Lake Sidney Lanier after the Georgia-born author, poet, and musician Sidney Lanier. <laughs> he had written a poem, in his words, the best poem he had ever written called Song of the Chattahoochee. And I'll read the first verse of it, because it's very long, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. Aww. Quote, Out of the hills of the Haberham, down the valleys of Hall, I hurry amid to reach the plain, run the rapid, and leap the fall. Split at the rock and together again, except by bed, or narrow or wide. And flee from folly on every side, with the lovers paid to attain the plain, far from the hills of Habersham, far from the valleys of Hall.
1: That fun to read. <laughs> yeah. Is it? No. <laughs> You're supposed to say yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, it's a delight. Yay! So they have a name, and they have the funning. If you recall, I did say that this land wasn't completely empty.
1: Ooh, I have an idea. What? The funding is not enough,
0: maybe. No. Dang it. The land wasn't completely empty. People live here.
1: Oh, and they flooded it.
0: There were businesses in this area they wanted to flood and also cemeteries. The first transaction to buy land was made in 1948 when Henry Shadburn, an eighty-year-old, 81-year-old ferryman from Forsyth County, Georgia, he sold his 100-acre farm to the government for $4,100. And today
1: sold it for way more?
0: In today's money, that would only be 47000 So that's cheap for 100 acres of land.
1: That's why I said he would have sold it for more. At he, least $1,000 an acre.
0: So they they were selling him for like about 50 bucks an acre. Yeah. Well, they were buying him for 50 bucks an acre.
1: That's you'll see that. Good.
0: You'll see that some people didn't agree with this, good. So I was Sugar. looking for a plot of land here in South Browick, and it was like, maybe less than six acres for over a hundred thousand.
1: See, but I mean
0: that's a different time. I
1: said they should charge it for like a thousand dollars an acre. I'm nice. <laughs> I would charge my land if I was something. It. Yeah, but an in the acre.
0: end, you don't have a choice. Either you're gonna take their money, or they're gonna take you off of it. You'll you'll see. Take you off of it. It took six years oh. and forty five billion dollars to complete the Buford Dam. Half of the cost was spent on buying land and reclo- relocating the people of the area. By 1956, the water started to rise and the government had to start buying other properties that would eventually be at the bottom of the river. It was gonna take five years for the water to be fully ro- risen at sorry, 1,071 feet above sea level. It is not known how many families were in place at this time, but it ranges from 250 to 700 families. That got relocated? There are stories that people refused to move and sell land. This was not going to fly with the government. So they were arrested on charges and their land was taken basically by force. How were they arrested and what for? The government was taking their land whether they liked it or not, period. They would find a charge to arrest them on and then take their land. That's just really wrong? In addition to family homes, there were six churches, 15 businesses, and over 20 cemeteries.
1: You shouldn't be able to do that to cemeteries. That's like sacred ground, pretty much.
0: If the houses and businesses were able to be picked up and moved, that's what happened to them. They would pick up and move them somewhere else. Some cases, that wasn't going to work, so they burnt them to the ground, only leaving the foundations to be taken by the water. Now, it is said that all the cemeteries were cleared out and the bodies were moved.
1: I guess that's not true.
0: A lot of the graveyards were like small family plots on the land of their families. So like the Osgood's there, they have that cemetery. So realistically, every single grave probably wasn't. Yeah, that's what
1: I just said. Yeah, no. There's no way.
0: No. Although it was a huge effort to make sure everyone respected and brought somewhere else. Chances are there are some bodies that were not grabbed. Uh. It moved. On top of all of this, historical landmarks were swallowed up by the water, as well as roads, toll gates, bridges, even a
1: racetrack. I have a question. Sure. Isn't historical sites aren't they not are they protected now? Yeah,
0: by, by the government who took their this land. Yeah. There we go. Looper Speedway was a half mile dirt track off Old Cleveland Highway, which is now Laurel Park. The track was owned by Max Looper. The races stopped in 1950, all was forgotten as the lake swallowed it up until 2001, when a severe drought brought the lake down 15 feet below full capacity. At this time, the dip in the water made the top of the Speedway's concrete stands exposed to the air again. So literally, like, where people would sit to watch the race,
1: mm-hmm. were
0: up above the water now.
1: That's awesome. It's like how in this, I don't know where it was, but this past summer. um I saw this on the news, like, in a lake. I think it was in Arizona. The water came down, and they uncovered a plane. A full-on plane. Well, there's
0: full-on foundations to houses, full-on bridges, full-on trees. Yeah.
1: It wasn't like a... Full-on
0: ferries that used to bring people back and forth across the Chattahoochee River were sunk and put on the, the lake floor because it was easier to do that than relocate it them. It was
1: like a real plane, though, because it didn't have just two seats. It was like a full-on plane. That's the weird thing.
0: Well, this is full-on everything. That's
1: true, which is way cooler. This one.
0: This one is cooler. (laughs) Even uh, before the lake was at full capacity, people started to swim in it. Swimmers even said that they would snag their clothes on the top of the trees that were right below the surface of the water.
1: They flooded trees?
0: Everything.
1: They should have cut down the trees. That could kill somebody.
0: So, uh, hold on. You'll you'll find out. Don't miss these. Although there are rumors that there are full towns under the water, it's only half true. They removed anything that could float. That didn't include cars, concrete buildings, wells. So anything made of heavy metal could stay under the water. Like I said, it's half true.
1: And then you could probably hit yourself on your with your head on them, and then you'd probably well, die.
0: So Lake Lanier, you'll see, is 26 miles long, has 692 miles of shoreline, the deepest... ninety-two
1: ninety two.
0: Six. Hundred and ninety two, the deepest point there. of the lake is 258 feet deep holy it not... has an area of 39,000 acres of water so like for a man-made lake that's huge it also has a chain of islands
1: I don't want to go there how place. do you
0: do you, are you wondering how there's islands in a man-made nope. lake
1: I'm pretty sure I know how how Where the houses were where the where the hills were where houses were they took the
0: houses
1: away He just left the land. So the they're on top to the of large hills. <clears throat>
0: large hills. Very yeah. Sense. So not only is this lake huge and deep, it has a huge number of deaths attributed to it. Hmm. Since 1956, there have been around 675 deaths. 1966? 56. Some years, there have been more than 20 deaths in the span of the year. Stories have been many things. Boats capsizing after hitting something in the water, and when the area is searched, there's nothing there to cause that to happen.
1: Can I just point out something? Yeah. This is why I said they shouldn't have done it. Okay. Death,
0: Other stories of crazy rogue waves that came out of nowhere and capsized the boat, and then the wave just goes away.
1: No, I kind of want to see a rogue wave, actually. It's kind of, <laughs> I think it would be kind of cool. Like, I've always wanted to see a tsunami, because the waves are huge.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think you want to see because that would be the last thing you see.
1: Yeah, but hey. At least I get to see something I want to see.
0: You're just looking up on YouTube. Many yeah. drowning occur as well. A lot of them are also weird. Most of them happen close to shore in calm waters. Many victims are said to be strong swimmers as well. Those that have lived through a drowning have said it feels like they were being dragged underwater by invisible hand. Ghost stories seem to also go along with places like this. A, distor- a notorious death and haunting is the Lady of the Lake. We've talked about it before. In cases of hauntings and cursed places, there always seems to be a lady ghost wandering around pretty pissed off.
1: Oh, don't forget, in a white dress. Well, she's
0: not white. This one isn't? Nope. In this case, it's actually different. We actually have proof of death and the strange circumstances surrounding it. We have the body. Yes. In April 1958, Dahlia Parker Young, who worked at Riverside Military Academy and her friend Susie Roberts, headed for a night out to Three Gables in Dawsonville. They were driving Susie's 1954 Ford. They would never be seen alive again. Aww. During the investigation into the girl's disappearance, they found that they went and got gas without paying. Not sure what that has to do with the case, but they say that.
1: Oh, wait, I think I got it. So, like, when they went to get gas, they so, like, Probably people tried kidnapping
0: them and told them to drive. Why don't you listen to the whole story first before you make assumptions about it? Well, I'm
1: trying to make funny assumptions because it's kind of funny how you could think, like, how you could just think was one thing.
0: The only clue they found was a set of skid marks across the road. The officers assumed the car went off Lanier Bridge on Dawsonville Highway into the lake, yet they couldn't find the car. Divers were brought in and searched the best they could, but the car was not found because the visibility was so poor and the masses of stumps that littered the bottom.
1: This place is scary.
0: Yeah, well, that's why we're doing it. (laughs) For a little over a year, there were no clues in the case at all until C.A. Simpson, a fisherman, made a grisly discovery. He found a decomposed body thought to be that of Delia Parker Young. At the time, they couldn't conclusively identify the bodily body. Oddly enough, though, the body was missing both her hands and two toes from the left foot. That's not good. The body was buried in a mark grave in Alta Vista Cemetery. Susie and the car were not found until 1990 when they began construction of Lydia bridge. Construction crews were dredging the lake bottom in order to put up pillars for the expansion because they were going to make it wider. During this, they uncovered a 1954 Ford with the remains of a body sitting in the driver's seat.
1: Wouldn't they have learned by now they probably shouldn't expand with all the bad stuff that's happened?
0: Well, they ought to. Yep. The car stayed hidden for all those years amongst tree trunks and in 90 feet of water on a steep slope. The body was so decomposed they were unable to actually identify it, but they found bod- uh, belongings on the body, which were like rings and a purse and a watch. That did prove, however, the body was super Sue Roberts. So, I mean, it had to be one of them because they found the other one. So. With, well, they didn't know back then. With the discovery of this body in the car, they figured that the body washed up so long ago was Delia Parker Young. Uh, the headstone Delia was under was changed so it had her name, and Susie was buried next to her. The ghost stories that go along with it is a ghostly young woman in a blue dress is seen walking along Lydia Bridge. The ghost is also said to be missing her hand. So what, now
1: it's like a lady in blue for the rest of the cases we do?
0: No, it's just this one. They say it's the ghost of Delia because when Delia went missing, she was wearing a blue dress and she did not have hands. Why
1: couldn't she be wearing a white one? White ones would have been cooler because lady in white.
0: But you think about it, this is more realistic because she was wearing a blue dress when she was And it's a
1: lady in white like every other case. Yeah,
0: she was missing her hands, which is weird, and two toes. I mean, there's fish, which we'll get into eventually.
1: How would the fish eat the bones?
0: Uh, they could eat, like, eat it, it around and it falling off because you know you have like joint bones.
1: That's true, but I meant like, wait, didn't she lose like...
0: Two feet? Yeah. No, two toes... hands and a toes.
1: Oh, as I say, but isn't there like, did she lose like up to like...
0: It like... doesn't say, just says oh. her hands. So there's like wrist bones that could...
1: Yeah, that's
0: If it, you like... eat the cartilage and stuff, they'll just go away.
1: How do you know that? It's kind of creepy.
0: Because I don't have a human anatomy. Oh. Another ghostly tale is that of the mysterious raft and its captain. This raft is seen floating around at night with a shadowy figure pushing it along with a pole and a lantern lighting his way. It's like a homemade raft. No, right now most places in this lake are very very deep, and the pole would not be the best way to mosey along. Because it's too deep, the pole. You're not gonna have like a fifty foot pole, right? Yeah,
1: you. It's definitely- just one pole. Oh, geez, so you'd be, like, paddling like Yeah,
0: paddling. Time? No, it's not, pad- that's, oh, it's not it's a paddle, a it's a pole, it's a stick. You oh, push okay. it along the bottom and push yourself along.
1: Oh, yeah, that doesn't work.
0: <laughs> well, if it was shallow like a
1: river, mm-hmm. it would. Yeah, it would work, but not, like, in Here? there. In there no.
0: So, those who see the ghostly raft say it appears and disappears from out of nowhere. One of these stories is from two fishermen who claim to have seen it one night around 1 a.m. It was a cold fall early morning, and these two guys were out fishing. The raft was spotted in a place that was at least forty five feet deep, but the captain of the raft seemed to have no trouble moving along using the pole. Which, you, there's no fucking way a guy's pulling a, pushing. And they
1: didn't have a forty five foot pole. They didn't have motors the raft. back then, did they?
0: This was this was recently. The fishermen saw the raft. Oh, so say. So like if they said, had motors back. then, they nice. did with okay. the two fishermen watched the raft and its captain moving along all of a sudden the captain of the raft looked up at them shouted something and jumped in the water towards the two fishermen afraid that some crazy person was swimming towards them in freezing water they lifted their lines prepared to leave when they shined their lights across the water though it was calm and there was nothing in sight so most people believe that this ghostly raft and its captain are kind of like a ghostly echo of the past like a guy that would, back in the day when it was just a little lake or a little river, would you could use a pole to push yourself along on a little homemade raft. Mm-hmm. And that would be way back in the day. So they think it's like somebody doing the same thing they did.
1: Wait, what year again was this actually originally made? The lake? Yeah. When did they start?
0: 1950s. So before that, this area had small that's rivers even, and lakes.
1: That's not even like... That's just barely open.
0: Okay, but before that, they had small rivers and lakes. People lived here Mm. their whole lives. Hundreds and hundreds of years is Georgia. Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. an echo of the past would be somebody from, like, the early 1900s pushing themselves along a raft on a river that now is taken up. So, like I said, from back in the day, it was common to be on a raft with a pole, pulling yourself along in the smaller waters of the old lakes before Lake Lanier. Took them over. Cause it's probably like the easiest way. Well, it's just that's what they did way back in the day. there's a way. It's cool. How about some giant catfish? <gasps> catfish. Ooh. Lots of local fishermen have said that there are giant catfish that live in the waters of Lake Lanier. They report that they can reach up to five to seven feet long and eating even small swallowed small dogs. I
1: have a question. Yeah. How did the catfish get its name, catfish? You tell me. I'm actually wondering that.
0: They, they have little whiskers.
1: Oh. See, I didn't know that. There something
0: uh, These big catfish have been known to attack swimmers and divers. There are stories from divers that are working on fixing bridges to the dam who have seen them. It even scared them that so much they refuse to go back to the waters of Lake Lanier. It is said that these giant catfish are the size of a 12-year-old child and that they like the deep waters.
1: Do they eat
0: 12-year-old child? It says they attack swimmers and divers and eat little dogs. It could eat me. The story goes that um, a truck carrying chickens went off of Thompson Bridge back in the 1980s and sank to the bottom with all its cargo.
1: And then there was a huge bubbles, and then they got all eaten.
0: Okay. Divers went to examine the wreckage and they found giant catfish gathered around the second truck eating the chickens whole. Like in a feeding frenzy kind of thing. That would kind of be cool, though, to watch. Kind of reminds me of alligators.
1: Yeah, or that place in Gray, Maine, at that wildlife center where those that just that huge circle thing full of fish. Oh, the fish! Yeah, and yeah. And where yeah. you toss the food in, there's like a frenzy, like huge.
0: There are also stories of fishermen hooking these giant fish and being pulled along the lake by them.
1: Wait, the fishermen will get pulled by that.
0: The okay. boat, like in a boat, pulled like kind of like oh. Jaws situation.
1: That would be awesome, though. I so, mean, a catfish would be cool.
0: That'd be cool. Yeah, but they're huge.
1: Huge catfish. I think the largest
0: catfish was 130 pounds that, that was in Kansas. That's still big. How many, how long was it? I didn't say, it just at the weight.
1: I was going to say, wait, can you raise a catfish that way? Like, you feed it really good food. and let it. A lot of fish really are, long?
0: they will grow to the size of the place they live. I don't know if catfish are that same way, but I know like fish will grow to the size of their home. So if it's a big, they have a big space, they could grow big.
1: Mm. I'm gonna get catfish someday. Give them a really big space and
0: just let it grow, and grow go. and grow and grow. So we have covered ghosts. Now we're ready to talk about murders. Murder. The mysterious death sounds fun. Kelly Nash was twenty five years old. He lived with his girlfriend Jessica Sexton in Buford, Georgia. January 5th, 2015, Kelly wasn't feeling well, so he opted to sleep on the couch so he wouldn't disturb his girlfriend. Around 4 a.m., Jessica went out to the living room and find Kelly on the couch playing video games. They spoke for a moment, and uh, Kelly said that he was going to go to the doctors that day because he wasn't feeling well. That sounds like you guys. Right? <laughs> Jessica then went back to bed and woke up again around 7.30. This time when she went to the living room, Kelly was not on the couch. The TV was on, the loading screen for his gaming console, but he was nowhere to be found. Kelly had not taken his wallet, car keys, or ID with him wherever he had gone. Creepy. Jessica called the police to report Kelly missing.
1: But then they couldn't do anything it was this like 24 hours, discovered. right?
0: No, they did. Because he went missing weirdly. Uh. It was discovered that Kelly's pistol was missing, but nothing else seemed out of place and no other uh, belongings of his were taken. That didn't sound good. A massive search went underway, and even a reward for $50,000 was offered for any information. 1-5
1: five or five,
0: five zero. zero. That's 50, a lot 000. of money. Cadaver dogs were even brought in, and nothing came of it. One month later, on February 8, 2015, a local fisherman came across Kelly's badly disposed, decomposed body in Lake Lanier. That's not good. He was still wearing pajama pants and a dark shirt that he had on when he went missing. Although there was no major trauma to his body, it was found that he had a single gunshot wound to his head. This has never been conclusively solved. They can't, Clint can't, explain why he would go out with his PJs in the middle of the night. They don't know if it was foul play or if he chose to end his life. To me, honestly, it seems maybe he heard something outside He went out with his gun to see what was going on and met with some foul play. they get back playing? No, like he he heard something outside. He went out with his gun because he thought that he heard somebody out there or something. Oh, he had gone that evening before he went missing to get himself cold medicine at the local store. One, why would he get cold medicine if he was gonna end his life? He slept on his couch to to not disturb his girlfriend and get her sick. They were even planning on building a house together. Kelly worked for his dad's construction company, so they were going to be building a house together for Kelly and Jessica.
1: And be if he tried telling himself like. I've never tried, but wouldn't it be kind of hard to hold it like that?
0: I would hope you never tried.
1: I haven't. I probably No,
0: it doesn't say where, but I'm just oh. saying things don't really play towards ending his own life. And since they haven't came to that conclusion that the case is still open, I think the authorities think the same thing. Yeah. It seems weird. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. This is Hon I'm a Mainer. Does anybody do ticks, Bridget Fonda. I have very terrible taste in TV, and apparently I also have terrible taste in movies. These Creamy Mountains, yeah, welcome! <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 did you sign that paperwork before
1: you saw it? And I'm a dude from away. There's Smutty, smutty nose. Here's the place is filled with anacondas. Pokey, our dear Pokey. I'm not that nice of a person.
0: And so we're gonna tell you about some spooktacular stuff, specific to <laughs> Maine. Hannah, true love, was a 16-year-old Gainesville High School student. Hannah went missing on August twenty-fourth, two 2012 from the ap- apartment complex where she lived with her mother.
1: Is this the same apartment complex
0: that... They lived in a house.
1: Oh, okay. I thought it was a... The, the next house.
0: day... This is a different place, too. The next day, Hannah's body was found in a wounded area by the lakeside of Lake Lanier. Hannah had been stabbed multiple times. Although the authorities were unable to figure out if the stab wounds were life-threatening, uh, because a heavy rainstorm came and washed away all the blood from the seed.
1: And where the blood is, you could tell because of what where it's
0: going, right? Well, no, I mean, they could figure that out, but there was no physical evidence at the seed because of the rain. So her actual cause of death is unclear. This case is even more odd, since Hannah put out a series of tweets expressing her dislike of the apartment complex and her fear of a stalker. The first, posted at 2.03 p.m. on August 12th, said, I got me an ugly ass stalker, unquote. On August 18th at 7.23 p.m., she tweeted, quote, so scared right now, unquote. The day before her death, she tweeted, quote, I need to move out of these dang apartments, unquote. Police are no closer to making an arrest today than they were back in 2012. They have been able to eliminate several potential suspects, some of who pass polygraphs and others who have alibis. But there is several persons of interest who refuse to cooperate with the investigation and remain po- pl- potential suspects. If you're not going to cooperate, that's suspicious.
1: Uh, yeah, they should just say, "Just to get my name cleared. I will do this."
0: Yeah, they they and they're not cooperating them, with anything. So if
1: it's all three
0: of them, I didn't said any number of people. I thought I, you
1: said three. No, there are several. Yes, yeah, several is three. I thought.
0: Well, I did say they just said several. Could well, be three or more. Could be one, it could be ten.
1: I saw several men, seven, a few years ago.
0: I have no idea, bud.
1: Yeah.
0: But, so if they're not going to cooperate, they seem suspicious. Yeah. So, unfortunately, in this case, there's no physical evidence, so no one can be tied to it 100% yet. That's not yet. Good. The police believe that more than one person is involved in the crime. People may have been there, but didn't pr- participate and are afraid to come forward.
1: That would make sense in case, like, I would want witness protection if there's... Was-
0: the guy could threaten me and hurt guy me. guy or yeah. a girl. Hannah was just 16 years old when she was murdered in 2012. Oh. She was a sweet, loving teenager who adored her two cats.
1: Aww. What happened to the cat?
0: And Jake, her Yorkie. No, her ball, baby? Okay. She was only 16. She was in the process of learning how to drive, and she had dreams of one day being a veterinarian. But all was taken away from her by Keller, who is still on the run. That's not- If anybody has information about Hannah's murder, please contact Hall County Sheriff's Office at 770-531-6900. Today, Lake Lanier is a popular tourist destination. Even with over 20 deaths a year, tourists and all manner of people flock here every year. Lake Lanier has hotels, full-service boat marinas, restaurant, campgrounds, stables, beaches, golf courses, and a water park. How many people do you think come to this place a year?
1: Over 10,000.
0: Eight billion people visit this place a year.
1: Did you get one from 2020 by any chance?
0: You could Google 2021 deaths and there will be deaths. 2021? At there Lake Lanier, 20 people die a year or more. I know some of these deaths can be attributed to alcohol, boating, and swimming. Which is never a good combination. You should not drink and drive a boat or anything. You shouldn't drink or drive at all, right. You shouldn't drink and swim either.
1: You shouldn't eat and swim either, too. At least that's what parents
0: think I think that's a myth, but who knows. All it takes is to Google search Lake Lanier deaths and you'll find, like, a list. Like, a lot.
1: I know what I want to do later.
0: There was a boat explosion with no real idea what happened. Loads of drownings, like I said. Richard Pickering is a professional diver. He makes a living diving into the lake. He is like the Jacques Cousteau of Lake Lanier. What's Jacques Cousteau? Jacques Cousteau is like a very famous uh, ocean explorer. Uh-huh.
1: That sounds cool name Jacques, Jacques Cousteau. Cousteau.
0: He's French, I believe. He I says like that the forest isn't decomposing, that it's under the lake. Quote, it doesn't decompose, it doesn't rot, the limbs, everything is there. So when you're diving around this, you're diving into the middle of the forest. Unquote. Makes you think and wonder. Like, the whole land was families with hope to hundreds and hundreds of families and animals yeah. who lived there for hundreds of years. They, they... You go. They buried their families in plots on their land and had hopes to live their life on the land and then be buried next to their family at the end of their lives, and so on and so on.
1: The families that got arrested and had their land taken away for no reason...
0: They didn't leave the animals there.
1: Uh, no, I was going to say, wait, uh, they should... Like if this any family member,
0: it's just it, still it's with The them, government they should get paid back. It's the whole thing, it's like their government takes it. It's, I don't know what it's called. I know imminent domain's control. a thing. No, it's called imminent domain. Like if the government finds your property and they need it for something, they can take it if you they you won't pay them. Dumb. So like all the hopes and dreams of the farmers have been drowned, so you could f- see how the land wouldn't be happy. Mother Nature didn't like the lake, make the lake.
1: And what Nature she
0: made was drowned by the bed.
1: As the same, Mother Nature might not like the government anymore.
0: Well, you can see how the land like this would be hostile and cursed. Yep. So, I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday weekend, and I implore everybody celebrating Thanksgiving to look into the truth of the holiday and what it actually is about. Not everything is what it seems, and what we were taught in school is not always the 100% truth. So keep that in mind when you celebrate holidays associated with the harsh colonization of America. This year, we went to see a movie. It was Ghostbusters fun. Afterlife. Yeah. So if you're a fan of the original Ghostbusters, like I am, bring tissues. Suggested. I will leave it at that. No spoilers. Have a great week, everyone. And if everyone could please rate and review us on whatever listening platforms you can, I, like Apple, I know you could rate and review there. That'd be great. Do we
1: have any bad reviews on Apple yet or good reviews?
0: No, we have a good one. I already read it. Also, follow us on social media. Instagram is Macomb Family. Facebook is Macab Family Podcast. We have a TikTok. I don't really use it that much, and that's Macab Family Podcast. So, um, If you see any other podcast out there with Macomb Family in the name, we're not affiliated with them. We are the original Macabre Family Family podcast. Podcast. So stay spooky, family, and have a great week. Bye! Bye!